everyone. Thanks for tuning into Power Athlete Radio, featuring the crew, where a former pro football player and a D3 all-star use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about anything but. Now here's John and Tex. Hey, Power Athlete Nation. Welcome to another episode of the Premier Podcast on Strength and Conditioning. I'm joined by Mr. Chris McQuilkin, a.k.a. Tex. Howdy. And our good friend, Mr. Carl Case. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, Carl is the owner of, of CrossFit South Bend and has been a loyal power athlete follower for over a decade. And I believe was actually at the second CrossFit football seminar, if I do yeah, remember. That's what I've been told in good old CrossFit Indie Blast. Uh, I think it was that was the very first public one. So we obviously did the very first uh, kind of dry rub. Dry so rub? Yeah. It's, <laughs> You thinking about barbecue? Uh, yeah, that's actually what I usually call it, the dry rub. Uh, they called it a dry run, and I always thought it was a dry rub. So we did the first one at Balboa, and then the first one that we booked was at uh, Blast Gym in somewhere in Indiana. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that was the very first one we did. So and that's where I met Carl, who was dramatically skinnier at the time, so much so I didn't recognize him for like three years. <laughs> and uh yeah but no i mean uh helped on the cross the football se- uh, seminar for a number of years mm-hmm. gym owner i mean how long how many years have you been a gym owner i mean it's got to be 12 13 years now hasn't it yeah so i've been at cross the south in a decade and i've been cross the coaching since 2008 so yeah a little over a decade of being an and, owner running this show and and he broke the, the he, he also broke the number one rule of, of owning a crossfit gym grow a mustache no you <laughs> don't date your clients and you ended up marrying one of your clients and now you guys are married, right? Wasn't she, wasn't your, uh, your wife, one of your clients? No, it was, uh, she was a girlfriend before. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. So I'm, like, yeah, I didn't break that, that rule. Yeah, okay. Know. I broke that rule. I dated. Now I'm married to one of them who jolly is a trainer the gym. Coaching your spouse. Yeah. Ah, okay. That's the number two rule. Don't coach your spouse. <laughs> so uh, we got kind of a unique episode for 523 where we are going to break down and get into uh, something I'm super passionate about or something that we've been talking about for a number of years. And that's implementing power athlete clinics for, you know, younger 12 to 16, 17, 18 year old kids. Um, you know, one day, I mean, we had the opportunity to f- travel all over the world, the three of us sitting on this podcast and many others, and teach the CrossFit football methodology. But what we never really got a chance to do is go on site and work with large amounts of athletes teaching the power athlete method. Mm-hmm. And so um, pre-COVID, we had plans to do this. And we had this uh, you know world domination plan laid out. And then I felt like we got hit pause for about a year. And now we're getting it rebooted here. But really the aim of this is to go in and work with those athletes that are in this most impactful time in their lives and implement not only how to you know execute basic movements, how to do it safely, offer them some good programming and a little bit of sprint work so that we can effectively prepare them for what's going to happen going into training camp or going into the season for their sports. Yeah, and a big part of this in one of our conversations yesterday about this, working with all the coaches, was the gym etiquette. teaching these kids to the finer points of lifting weights to give them a confidence as they enter into their middle school or high school weight rooms, how to put on plates, how to take off plates. We don't want that barbell to become a weapon when you pull two 45s off at the same time and then end up on YouTube. So a lot of impactful things. One of the things I am most looking forward to is that mindset, this 
culture, this creation of barbell weightlifting, and we have to be, we get the opportunity to be that first touch point for many of these kids. Some do have sport coaches leading them in the weight room, but not full-on strength coaches to take them where they can't take themselves. Well, the, um, at least thinking back on, you know, my evolution into strength training and showing up that very first day to go lift weights for football in the summer as a freshman in high school, uh, like there was a hundred kids in the room, huge, like, you know, concrete warehouse plates, bars, the whole deal. One coach sitting at his desk, reading a sports illustrated. Yeah. And, uh, there was a blackboard with a program written up where we still, I had nobody explained to me warm ups, rest set, like, like nothing. It was just six by two. And then the next time we came in, it was six by three. And they said, just pick a weight you can do for six by two not realizing that in six weeks we had to do six by six with that six by two. So I should have selected a much lighter weight, uh-huh. something I could do for six reps. And it was uh, this basically, it was an intermediate program called the Russian squat routine is what we did for bench squat, deadlift, and power clean. Yeah. So, I mean, it just, uh, it was the best that they had. And the problem was it was a lot of the older kids were coaching. So the guys that were seniors and juniors were trying to coach the younger guys. And only a few of them really knew what they were doing. And those guys that knew what they were doing were really strong and didn't want to fucking waste time with us. So we were just kind of left up to our own devices and thinking like, man, it would have been really nice to have uh, like even just a one, two day seminar where somebody could have taught me gym etiquette or at least how to be familiar with the barbells, how to take plates off, how to set up in the squat, what to look for. Um, and just basically just some little bit of stability work to make sure that it looks a little bit better or how to deadlift. Oh yeah. I, mean, I remember seeing people deadlift and being like, I don't know what that movement is, but that looks painful don't and I don't want great. to do it. Yeah. You know what well, Carl, you've been essentially running training camps and, and been a sport coach plus a badass strength coach for some rugby guys, man. How do you feel that that barbell has impacted your athletes performance as you've been that introduction to them and also got to see it expressed on the field. Yeah, I mean, it's been tremendous. Um, when we talk about strength training, there's a number of things that get benefit from. One is obviously the coordination that they get. You guys, kids come in, move like Bambi, they can't figure out how to organize their spine or their neck or things like that. And so they really get that, that coordination, which allows them when they go to their sport coach, right, to perform the task their coach is asking for them. Um, obviously, then there's the big confidence, like a lot of them come in not having lifted weights too much. Um, maybe they're a little bit on the smaller side, but when they get in, they start putting the weight, they start seeing the changes physically. They get those mental changes as well, where they're gaining confidence, and then that transfers a lot onto the field. So those are two big ones that I really see is like the coordination, just that overall confidence of some, doing something hard over and over, especially with something like our bedrock, where it just gets heavier and heavier and heavier. Uh-huh. Yeah, that almost putting ourselves in the best position as coaches to hand off a coordinated kid to a sport coach. Man, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, dude, I love your guys' optimism. I, I know. Think it's, well, it's, we, we, so we just ran one with this age group I know we did. here at Power Athlete, and a great representation. It was a mixture of, of uh, beginner, like rising sophomores in high school, all the way down to rising eighth graders. Ah, uh, man, my favorite part of it was hearing the voices crack. Like I was talking to these kids, they're like, you know, and then all of a sudden they'd be like, ah! like the voices cracking was hysterical. It sounded like almost like a, a, you know, a bad 80s movie with these kids. And what's funny was like a ton of them were so awkward, like 
legs were super long, arms were super long. Like yeah, they were torso. all taller than me. Well, their torsos hadn't grown yet, so they were just really awkward and gangly. And I cannot think of a better point in life to introduce weightlifting to help them in that maturation process. Um, the other thing that was fun was how receptive the kids were. Mm-hmm. I kind of, uh, I not necessarily expected them to be a little standoffish, but I, I just didn't know what to expect. And what was the best part was to see uh, not only how receptive they were, but how much of a sponge they were and that they wanted this information. And it, it took me back to, you know, my being their age and being like, man, if somebody had shown me and somebody did show me, but like somebody came in and I got to go to a seminar because a big thing with the intimidation factor, especially being that age, is walking in and seeing dudes who are really strong and realizing that uh, you're weak and a huge pussy, which is how I felt. I, I like I, that I is still not I, the official tagline for I the event. I still remember walking in as a freshman into like uh, I was eighth grade summer football walking in, and you know my uh, there were guys who were obviously a little younger than my brothers. My brothers had gone on to college football, and these dudes are in there, and I remember watching them squat like 500 pounds. And they, they were like seniors in high school, like legitimately like with wraps on belts, squatting 500 below parallel for reps. And I remember thinking like, holy shit, like these guys are really strong. And uh, then them just fucking harassing the shit out of me because they knew my brothers. But that piece of like, uh, I wish there had been something that when we walked in there, we were a little more prepared to do well. So I think a big part of, you know, we talked uh, the other day on the podcast, you know, genetics, geography and opportunity, being able to provide that opportunity to kids to be familiar with the barbell so when they go in, their first experience is a positive one. Yes, and our, our first opportunities, because there will be more, we selected four cities in the U.S. and led by four Power Athlete Block One coaches, including Coach Carl Case here. In order, we're looking at Saturday, August 7th in Enfield, Connecticut. Then we have August 14th in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Then August 21st in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And then finally, capping this series off, but it will continue, with Mr. Carl Case, August 28th in South Bend, Indiana. No, it's exciting. Um, Carl, uh, so give us a little rundown. I mean, I know we've gone over what we did, and I think we've shot you guys over what, uh, you know, the layout of it. But, um, you know, what's the expectation? How many kids are you looking for? Like, what are you excited about? And really just, you know, bring them into your home gym, but tapping into a whole new market that might not be kids that normally come work with you. Yeah. So, I mean, if all things go well, we get 20 plus kids in here. And what I'm excited to do is to work with the, if we get middle school age kids in here, I'm, that's one of the groups I'm excited to work with since we, I do all this, most of the high school kids, but getting them in having that effect on them sooner as they go in and set them up for success when they go into the 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 way we're in high school they so they can walk in day one and and get after it and one of our principles is accelerated adaptation right so if we can set them off the right foot one having the confidence they walk in day one as a freshman they don't just sit there and spin their wheels questioning things trying to figure out how to go and what to do on movements or anything like that because my experience was the same as yours, John. It was show up and it's like, all right, here's power clean. Okay, go do it. And you spent the rest of time trying to figure it out on your own, watching the older kids and kind of making your way through it, building bad habits. But if we can give them that opportunity to have a good footing to go off of, then they can just get up on that right foot and go right away. And that wastes 
that time. And I think because especially with these kids, like the time is of essence with them to progress on these movements. The, uh, the advent of YouTube has been a huge thing for lifting. I remember uh, them teaching us power cleans and us trying to do power cleans. And it wasn't until I went to college and actually saw somebody legitimately do a snatch, or a snatch clean and jerk that all of a sudden I was like, oh, that's what we're supposed to do. And then it wasn't until Todd Rice came in and we, he had a bunch of VHS tapes of all these Bulgarian lifters that I was like, oh, now I really understand. So I, I think um, if, I mean, and, and maybe there's an opportunity for this down the road, but maybe even as this thing gets going, being able to provide these kids some information ahead of time to be like, hey, here's, here's what it should look like. This is what we're going to teach you. Just because I think that was super impactful. Um, you know, now we have the ability to watch some really good Olympic lifting and squatting and some, you know, pretty legitimate people do some nice stuff. And just being able to see that and be like, you know, because I mean, at the time when we started Olympic lifting, uh, I remember it just kind of looked like a kind of a muscle reverse curl. And then when I actually saw, you know, the pull and the scoop and the drop, I was like, oh, that would have been interesting if somebody explained it to me in that way four years ago, how much better we could have done. So I think technology has really offered a lot of opportunity, but also, you know, world-class training. I mm -hmm. mean, to be able to come, I mean, before... Uh, you know, how would something of this necessarily have worked? So I think we're in a really interesting, uh, you know, twilight of this deal where, you know, the kids want this information, there's information available to them, but at the end of the day, it's, you only go so far seeing a video or being exposed to something you need to actually have a, a skilled coach work with you to help you on this. And to highlight the coaching for this event, and we're bringing in, it's about one aim is going to be one coach per eight to be the complete opposite of the middle school or high school experience where we get 20, 30, 40, 50 plus kids. And, and coach Jim Davis has explained some horror stories that he deals with. He's in uh, Chicago land area yeah, a great athlete and project. runs 2000 kids. Yeah. Good athlete project. Uh huh. And he's also a high school strength coach that runs 2000 kids a day. That's incredible. So now we're aiming to really dial in and helping these kids find their unique set up an execution with our, our block one coach team and the world-class coaching. That's a big part of it to one model, the movement with some demonstration, but then do our best to shape these kids as awful coordination we can expect, but then arm them to go into a unfavorable training experience and hold their own, know what the hell they're doing and still make gains for the opportunities they do have ahead of them after this this one day clinic yeah well i mean uh the other big thing too and i think uh, as we look at it like obviously a one day clinic we're going to get a ton covered but also this is going to give them an opportunity to get plugged in with some world-class coaches in their area yeah you know like um you know it'd be great if we could pull in a bunch of kids who don't already train in south Bend, indiana mm -hmm. uh you know and, and are now they become familiar with carl case and now uh, these individuals and these parents have a trusted resource to go to. So a big part of this is, uh, you know, an outreach to be able to get these kids into a, you know, a solid one day set of fundamentals, but also in, uh, introduce them to some solid coaches in their area, which I think will pay dividends more so down the line. Big time. Uh, Carl, I mean, your, your community that you are building within CrossFit South Bend, like, is that now a known thing for kids that want to play either rugby or other contact sports? Yeah, definitely within 
the rugby realm, obviously having a lot of interaction with the, with the kids, being a coach as well. Um, the kids that are serious and want to go on and either play at the next level or play at a high level in, in uh, high school, yeah, they're definitely, they know like I'm the place to go. And then it's grown out with, with on the walls with the recognition that the gym's gotten. Um, I've had hockey players, basketball players, so get the occasional football players. I don't, I get more of the, the fringe sports, which I'm more than happy to work with. I'm even more excited when I get female athletes to work with because they're the ones you see just really flourish, especially when we talk about that, that confidence and getting that increase in, in sports performance because they're just a lot of time left out. So I've had throwers, uh, sprinters that have been female athletes. And like I said, it's just amazing to watch them grow. And yeah, we welcome yeah. Uh, boys and girls to this this clinic, and that's a good note. The especially yeah. we uh, I don't think we have any girls at our clinic. Not not at our one who we hosted here, but hopefully the next one that we do run. Yeah, is it? Um, I mean, uh, you know, in today's you know world, I mean, obviously we want to be able to to work with both boys and girls, but I wonder if there's a, an opportunity down the line to market this maybe just to female athletes, or maybe there's one that's female specific. Potentially, uh, with know. with our understanding of ACL injury mechanisms and how to program for that prevention, that that could be an excellent piece. And, and we do so, and we do have some banging uh, uh, block one female uh, coaches. Oh hell yeah! Um, you know who are oh, yeah. who, who are you know really really good. So I mean we're always on the hunt for more uh, you know lady block one coaches, but the ones that we have are very very well sorted. Yes, very switched on, and and maybe this is part of the outreach in the communities using our understanding of injury and helping the coaches see the value of a strength coach through their assessments, their communication, their tools, and cues, directions, everything they can give. So maybe that's part of the outreach in the community to help really bolster the value of these in-person opportunities. Sure. Yeah, no, I'm uh, yeah. excited. Uh, let's go, uh, let's break it down a little bit. Like, okay. let's, let's go into the minutia and um, let's go through the schedule. So. You know, we did, we brought the kids in. Uh, I did a little bit of talk about, you know, why strength training is beneficial to these individuals, especially in this kind of match, young maturation phase, uh, you know, helping them grow coordination, uh, you know, balance, strength, tensile strength, durability, resiliency, all these factors. And then we got into it. And I think we started with a little bit of trunk work as is uh -huh. tradition for us to break them the fuck off with some dead bugs. Yeah. And the, the day is split into two and there's a lunch break in between. The first half of the day is barbell movement. And as John introduced the first segment, very small segment, we welcome parents as the opportunity to present what we will talk about. Then we kick them the hell out because this is the athlete's experience. And we get into our barbell that first half of the day, squat, bench press, deadlift, and plus a little Jack Street fun time. Lunch break, then we break it off and get into speed training, speed work, speed and agility, some old school straight, straight ahead speed stuff and change of direction carl some throwback to our our uh seminar experience all over the world uh pulling those that old bag of tricks out to to help empower these kids oh man watching them shake and uh it was pretty good yeah. just, just just watching the basic and I, th I think all we did was uh dead bug home position which was uh, like there was no way they were even learning to move their limbs i know we did a little bit of limb movement later on and they just fucking shattered like glass. big time so yeah, it was and, excellent. I mean, mental is a big part of this because these positions, again, the first exposure, even the most badass people that we've experienced, strong adults, fail. 
Yeah. So expect these kids to fail, but at the same time, this is that initial opportunity and it's, it's all uphill from this experience. Once you do learn how to do these things. So we're going to bring them in, we're going to break them off. And then we got into the very first was, would have been the back squat. Uh huh. So we went through that. Um, we had a you know, basic teaching. Big thing that we started with was teaching a proper stance, helping everybody figure out what their ideal stance is. A lot of kids were super, super wide. Um, a lot of kids were super narrow, but really just doing some of the basic jump and landing, you know, teaching That's, them that, you mm-hmm. know, the jumping position from the deadlift, the pulling position, the landing position. So getting them to do a couple vertical jumps and then finding what their true position is. Uh, going through talking about bar placement, um, you know, high bar versus low bar, but really the base of the traps. And what's great is because they're we're total dorks and never lifted weights before. Uh, <laughs> when they put the bar on their back, uh, I told them, I'm like, I want you to put the bar on the position, base of the traps, in the single most painful position you could ever get it in. And watching the look on their face when I got the bar and it hit them right on that spot on their shoulders. And like seeing the look on their face, I'm like, and they're like, that can't be the position. I'm like, it is. Eventually that will numb up and it'll, you won't feel it anymore. <laughs> but that's how you know the bar's in the right yeah. spot. And like, I, I, I think these kids thought I was fucking with them, but I was like, nope, that's the spot. And then really teaching them, uh, you know, about squat depth. And, um, you know, we don't need you to squat all the way down. Even when we had some kids that were, you know, really flexible, great squatters, others were less so. But being able to get them all to squat well to the depth that they can handle at that moment was really pretty good and uh, the kids were super receptive. I mean, I think there was only a few of them that were so uncoordinated that it would, it would have taken time, but for the most part, everybody was able to do something that got them on paper. Yeah, and on paper, that's a good note, John, and help them find a starting working weight. Yeah, do you, do you know what that term on paper means? Well, I write down my well, so, weights. No, so when you're sighting in a rifle, Okay. Uh, so like you bore sight, you set up, you shoot and your first shot, you just hope that you hit the paper. So then from there you can kind of figure out where the paper is and then you can pretty much just take your scope and then you adjust it onto that one and then you shoot the next one and you start kind of just shooting to try to get groups. But when you sight in a rifle, your first shot, you just hope you're on paper because if you're not, then you got to like start messing with it and you're like, oh shit, I just hope I'm on paper. And then you got to bring it in and it's just a little deal. So what was nice, it was getting these kids set up. Like I felt like we just at least got on paper and, uh, and they were switched on enough that we could start making tweaks to try to get them into that bullseye. That's another nice thing. I think is opportunity to, when we talk about like getting set up, work on that transfer of training that we're about and kind of why we're squatting in this way, why we're benching on this way. And we're not just here to be weight room warriors or be power lifters, right? We need this to apply onto the field. And if we can't, then it's, it's useless. So I think a lot of that setup is important, not only for safety, right, but making sure we get the most out of it when we go on to the field. Yeah, that why is written in. And then the last, the final segment, we're not going to give it away, but we, we welcome the parents back in to help them see the value of a good coach. Sure. So we've arranged this so that the, the Block 1 coaches can put on a little show here and show why they are the, the best in the community and some of the best in the world. Yeah, the, uh, um, the sprint progression I think is really good. Just being able to go through and just teach them basic sprint mechanics, talking about you know toe up, knee up, big arm swing, head position, and just a few little things. And then I know in our backyard we did some hill sprints, which was great for the mm-hmm. kids. Just because as we've said you know, at nauseum on this podcast, it's really hard to sprint poorly uphill. Uh, not all of the, uh, you know, Places that the kids are gonna, you know, do these clinics has some form of uphill running, so they're gonna have to get out there and teach them. And uh, you know, 
limit horizon changes. I mean, there's just going to be uh, some really fine tuning. But I think just giving these kids an opportunity to be exposed to something that looks like legitimate strength conditioning, I think is going to be incredible for their confidence and really help them get into a, a, a better place. Because I, I just, man, the thought of having to walk into that situation again and feel unprepared, I don't want kids to have to deal with that. No way. Well, to learn more. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Carl. Oh, no. I was just going to, yes, exact same thing, reflecting back. It's just like day one, just being, you're a nurse as enough as it is. It's a new environment, new school, and then you got all that on top of it. So, yeah, just give them that confidence. Yeah. yeah. And imagine the gains that they're leaving behind just feeling too weird. So gains with an S or gains with a double Z? Well, you got to earn that double Z. Mm, so yeah. these kids, <laughs> these, these wiener gains. kids, no, nah. uh, <laughs> they'll get there. That's uh, training camp part two. Feels strong. That was funny when you were like, uh, oh, God, the voice is cracking, just like the dorks. I was like, chips, dips, and dorks. It was good. I uh, I do remember being that level of nerdy and dorky at that age, and, I, dude, I love it. I, I can't wait for my kids to reach that. They're starting to reach that awkward stage, and I love it. Yeah. Well, to learn more, powerathletehq.com slash camp, C-A-M-P. That's all you got to know. We got the registration. We got the whole event schedule and the, the cities, the coaches all lined up on that website. What you need to, what you need to bring, all the takeaways from the experience and what you're in for. Yeah. And uh, we have four listed for August as our, as our initial tests. But as more uh, events get booked and we start looking at the seasonality of this deal, mm -hmm. um, obviously we're doing it in August for the fall sports. But as this gets in, there's going to be some other more specific clinics specific for different times of the year and try to get this uh, implemented where we can potentially get these kids before they get into their sports. So fall sports, spring sports. And then also, you know, we're, we've been focusing on a lot of, uh, you know, uh, running sports or, you know, things like football and basketball and whatnot. But also there's going to be, uh, you know, maybe something for the jumping sports like volleyball and basketball and some big time. sports. Yes. And that, that, that will play into it. Again, we're, we're teaching movement, intro, introducing that barbell, but most importantly, getting these kids leveling up their mindset, presenting a confidence in their bodies that can be expressed in the weight room and especially in their arena. Cool. Cool. All right. Thanks, Carl. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. We'll see you on the other thank side. You. Yeah, man. Excited for it. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Power Athlete Radio. Bye. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. Head to powerathletehq.com backslash training to choose from a number of programs to meet your specific performance goals. And if you like to break a mental sweat too, visit academy.powerathletehq.com and become a real stakeholder in you or your athlete's success. Until next time, bye!